Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chicago. I'm Rick, here with Jack, and we have got a packed show for you today. Starting off with some Crosstown Convo. I think that should, that's an obvious one. Uh, then we're moving on to a little Bears breakdown, and then some Hawks talk. we got some preseason hockey going on, so bringing back Hawks talk. The Sea Red segment, some stuff has come up from the Bulls. And then we're going to end it off with four stars of the week presented by Old Style, probably, hopefully, one day. But, Jack, <laughs> let's let's start it off, dude. I, I Like we have the last couple weeks, let's start off with the Sox. I, I'm pretty sure I know what's what's going to happen, but but let us just, – just bring us into the Sox world right now. Well, <laughs> fans, followers – uh, fanatics, it's over. They, they, yep. They're finally waving their white flag. Cleveland Guardians, congratulations. Uh, came into guaranteed rate and, and took three. <clears throat> took three out of three. Biggest series of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hit the ball. They got on base. It wasn't by home runs, but it, they, they force you to play defense, and they force you to play baseball on both sides of the field. And, and then inconsistent as this team has been all year. Um, with both sides of, of the of the game, they got beat, and they got beat bad. And uh, they lost three to Cleveland, and then, of course, just to pile it on, Detroit comes into town, a team that's worse than the White Sox, a team that's miles behind them in terms of talent, comes in, beats their ass three in a row. Um, <clears throat> and then tonight, they start a three-game set in Minnesota. Minnesota, I think they took that one 4-2, if not 4 nothing. So for nothing. So you know, it's just it's been poor performance after poor performance. Miguel Cairo, I think, after the last game in Detroit versus Detroit, called it the worst homestand of the year, worst performance of the year. Um, And yeah, I mean, fuck, it's been bad. There's no, I I don't, I don't know how. There's really uh, not much to say. Describe it. You it's, you go and lose tough. the you know the three most important games. They sit at 60, 76 and seventy seven um, mm. since the day started. Tim Anderson has been shut down for the remainder of the year with that wrist issue. Um, the future of Jose Abreu with Andrew Vaughn waiting as a full time actual right fielder is an absolute must add for this roster as as it's clearly not worked with Andrew Vaughn being one of the most uh, worst defensive outfielders in baseball. Not really his fault as the guy has been successful as a first baseman. Looks to be mm-hmm. the franchise future first baseman. Uh, so that it begs the question to see what, what the future holds with Jose Breu on an expiring deal. Uh, I believe he's 36, 37 years old. So uh, you have seen some pretty rough faces uh, made by Jose kind of in the dugout on, on some of these losses, particularly uh, versus Detroit. It looked like a man who who was ready for this to be kind of all over. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you, you kind of have to see what that, that future holds there. Um, I think the future looks bright in Andrew Vaughn, and there's no um, – either way, you're going to see uh, your team still be good, um, at mm-hmm. least on that position at, at first, um, with either Vaughn or, or Brayu at the position. So um, hopefully, you know, he comes back. I, I would love to see it, but fortunately for – um, or unfortunately enough, I, I, I'd love to see Jose for his sake get 
um, a real chance at a winner before his career is over. So um, him exploring free agency might have to be a realistic option that Sox fans have to face. Um, in terms of what's left on the schedule, as I said, they started a three-game set in Minnesota today. They finished the year at home versus Minnesota. Uh, before that, they finished the road out with uh, three versus San Diego, um, and then, and then, Sox fans were kind of risen up by this. The the news has been circulating throughout Twitter. Nothing's yep. been confirmed by the team, obviously, uh, but it, it does look like Tony La Russa, um, unfortunately Miguel Cairo, but um, you know after watching kind of how this team has performed uh, the last week and a half. Uh, a, a new fresh face throughout the clubhouse is necessary, and it sounds like uh, TLR will not be returning to the organization in any manner um, after the season, as as he was kind of deemed by doctors to uh, slow it down. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I think his last um, inning of baseball was pitch hitting Larry Garcia in the bottom of the ninth for a must win and two out situation, and he struck out. So that's you know Tony's last game as a, a White Sox. Um, it's unfortunate it is enough. He did have some work done on his pacemaker. It's going to take Tony out um, as the White Sox manager, as it was released earlier in the week, that he would not return to the team this season. It is now being uh, circulated that he will not return to the organization come seasons um, next season. So exciting mm-hmm. stuff on that front. Um, would be interesting to see what this team does target in a manager. First name that actually kind of popped up, maybe Joe Madden. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Um, and, and then maybe they'll go target someone that's actually got a job right now. I think they're looking at um, should they have really hired A.J. Hinch You know when they hired Larissa, yeah. and he was available at the time. Detroit swooped him up. Um, I think he'll be a great manager. He's proven to be a great manager even though he's a cheater. Um, and I, I, As much as it would be painful to see a cheater be in our clubhouse, um, the guy does turn around ball clubs and, and can manage a team to success, and, and hopefully you could see that happen with the White Sox, but who knows? It'll be interesting to see who, who happens to be on that list. It's something we'll be able to cover um, a little bit through the offseason for Big League Chicago. So that'll be exciting to talk a little bit of about that throughout oh, yeah. um, you know, November and, and, and December. Um, hopefully it's it's well decided before then. But uh, like I said, you know, the season's over. Fans, you can finally um, – you don't have to watch Sox games. You know, if you've got something else going on um, – <laughs> Like you need to go get dinner with friends, or you know, instead you would be sitting at home watching the faithful uh, play nine innings. It's not worth it because they're not showing up on the field. Why should we? Uh, unfortunately, due to poor performance and, and some other things, the boys did not uh, give money to uh, Ryan Store from the White Sox for boys at the park. Uh, we are sorry to the listeners and, and fans. We did apologize on. On three up, three down for for not uh, not attending and making content at that game, but we deemed that it was uh, a time that we could not support management and ownership. And uh, with brutal performances, it it just looked like we would have True. been disappointed with another loss as they were ended up being swept in that game three. And I guess like the first thing I want to talk about is like the 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 man the managerial search. You know, obviously this is this isn't something that's like. 100% in stone, Tony LaRusso is not coming back or, or, you know, it's a rumor, but I mean, it, it, after this season, like you said, it's, it should not absolutely come back. Um, but aside from that, you know, you, you were talking about Hinch, Madden. I don't know. I, I don't know if like someone like Hinch 
would be because because he's with Detroit right now, right? And he, I'm sure he's got a he's got to deal with them, or or is he expected to be a like a free agent manager as well? I believe he has at least one more year. I thought he signed a three year deal, but I'll, okay. I'll check back on that. He is still in Detroit though. Okay. Okay, because I I guess just like with this whole Larusa thing, I think the last thing you would want as a, as a Sox fan, as a Sox organization, somebody that comes with some sort of baggage. You know what I mean? I think uh, someone like Madden might be a little bit better. The the I think the most baggage he's got is, uh, I mean, he's just he kind of lost it there towards the end with the Cubs. He got fired mid season with the Angels. Maybe he's not you know at his peak managerial performance either. So, you know, I don't know. He might be the better choice, but he's also kind of past his prime as well, I feel like, as a manager. Um, so, I don't know. I, I just think, like, for sure, like, there has to be an avoidance of something like that. Like, this guy brings some baggage. Like, the Sox need to avoid that at all costs. Um, probably someone a little bit on the younger side, too. You know, someone to, to kind of rally all these guys, the Tim Andersons, the, the someone that agrees with, like, Fuck yeah, you're gonna pimp that home run. You're gonna pimp the shit out of that home run if you hit it in a big game or in a big spot, something like that, you know. Um, so that's just kind of my opinion on the manager. I'm not sure who else is like available. Um, so we'll, I mean, like you said, it's gonna be a really, really good topic to discuss during the off season uh, here on BLC. But and then uh, the other thing, uh, just that three game series against Cleveland, that was just tough. That was tough. I was like, okay. They lost game one. I was like, all right. They It's like, okay, we, there's, there's still two games left. We'll see what happens. And then just to, to see that they got swept, I was like, Jack and Alex must be infuriated right now with how terrible that performance was in a big, big series against, you know, the, the, the Guardians. Yeah, no, it, it was, um, you know, like you said, they lost that first game. Season's hope was not all diminished with that first game loss. Um, the tiebreaker was settled uh, with mm-hmm. Cleveland winning that, but uh, they still had a chance. You sat five games back after game one, um, and they entered game two, and, and you know, it, like I said, Cleveland just came out and hit and outplayed and outfielded and outthought and outmanaged this White Sox yeah. team, and they, they, they beat the shit out of them in, on Wednesday, and then on uh, on Thursday it was, you know, a 4-2 loss that um, just it just didn't go the Sox way. And, and unfortunately, uh, it was Cueto Beaver, a good matchup. Uh, Cleveland mm-hmm. was able to jump into that early lead before Jimenez tied it, but then Cleveland went on a tear, and then, you know, they scored two more, or three more, and then ended up sealing the deal. Yes, he, um, Sheets would homer late innings, but it would only yeah. make it four two, and unfortunately, uh, it wasn't enough. And it, all credits to him. I think you saw if you, if you didn't, there's videos of the Cleveland celebration in the locker room. Uh, there was yeah. you know fuck Chicago, yeah, uh, Tony, Tony chants yeah. in the locker room. So they were clowning <laughs> on the socks. Hopefully, they'll take that as a little medicine. To, um, to inject into their blood next season and, and kind of use that as some fire to uh, go out and beat yeah. the shit out of the Twins and win those division series and, and show them why they were preseason favorites and mm-hmm. uh, and come back and say, all right, yes, we were MLB's, in my opinion, Alex's opinion, as we talked about in yesterday's episode as well, the MLB's most disappointing team this year. 
Uh, yeah. You know, you got to come back and you got to rebound from that strong. It comes with the expectation that if Lucas Giolito signs a deal, you need to expect him to come back stronger. Um, you know, Johnny Cueto has been great. No, uh, no question about it. I don't think he'll be back, at least given the fact that he kind of called in the media for this team to show fire, and they ended up flopping. So, you know, if I was him, I'd, I, he had a kind of a resurgence year. He's going to be able to get some money and a team, and mm-hmm. a team that's probably competitive is going to want a starter that could be kind of their third or fourth starter. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it should be interesting to see what happens for Cueto, but... Uh, so yeah, then you look at Josh Harrison, who you know, yes, has been a locker room booster, a locker room guy, uh, has shown some some highlight plays at, at the defensive position and showed a good bat through the late end of July and, and middle August. But uh, uh, unfortunately, you need to find a guy that's going to produce a little bit more. Um, as I talked about in the Vaughn segment or Vaughn part, um, mm-hmm. you need to solidify a, a, an everyday actual right fielder that can produce as well. Um, Cairo, who, who at the end said, uh, uh, it was kind of funny enough, he said, you know, Eloy, you can expect him to be kind of a guy that can play the outfield uh, one or two times, maybe three a week, days a week, uh, <laughs> otherwise DH, and, and then he kind of finished the quote off by saying, what do I know, I really only have nine more games of doing this, so. Um, <laughs> he knows, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, like I said, it, you got to fill these roles. They did it in a very cheap manner over the offseason. They spent more of that, of that money on the bullpen. Um, and in the reality, you know, Jared Kelly has not been what we've hoped for. Joe Kelly has not been what we've hoped for. Yeah. Um, Kendall Graveman has looked good at points. He struggled at times as well. Uh, you know, Deacon, I think he blew uh, that game versus Cleveland. Uh, it may not have been his fault, but I know he was, I think, in the, I think he pitched the 11th inning uh, or 10th inning. Mm-hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, it, it's just they they showed more interest in the bullpen. The bullpen didn't stay healthy to their, what they expected. Expected Aaron Bummer just joined the rotation. Um, Liam Hendricks was hurt for some parts of the season. And, um, you know, it, losing Gary Crochet at the beginning of the year really showed it was kind of their 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 rocket of the bullpen, mm-hmm. their guy that you knew was going to hit th- triple digits. Uh, and you really haven't seen that as much this season from that White Sox team, even though you've got guys like Cease who throw an average, you know, 98-99 fastball. <laughs> and as a starter, you know, it's, it's lights out stuff. But, um, yeah, like I said, you need improvements. You need to fill some roster holes. Lucas Giolito needs to be better. Um this team needs to be better as far as I'm concerned. And, and I'm glad to be emotionally removed. I feel like I'm much calmer than I would have been if we were talking about this, you know, um, as soon as that Cleveland game wrapped up or yeah. as soon as that series wrapped up. But at this point now getting to the point where we're about a week from Wednesday since they uh, uh, really solidified that, that division, um, at least mm-hmm. in our eyes, they didn't clinch it until the weekend. But um, I, Emotionally, we've moved on. How about yeah, the Cubs? It's... How about the Cubs? <laughs> Tell me how, how, how does it how does it be on the north side? Because let's, let's talk positives. Let's how let's be real. There, there's there's nothing better going on on the north side. <laughs> the really the only positives from the Cubs, you know, um, I just you know they, they, they've they've won their, their their series against the Marlins, the Pirates. 
Uh, they won tonight against the Phillies, so that was nice. But you know, move, you know, going into starting off with, uh, I think last time we talked was about the Marlins series. So, you know, Bodie added a home run sack fly to the second game in that in that second game of the series against the Marlins. They won two to one. We had a thirty year old minor leaguer come up and get his first two major league hits in Esteban Quiros. So that was really cool to see. You know, just like just little things like that, cool to see for the Cubs. Um, and then. Uh, what was it the rubber game went also to the Cubs? They they were down three one in the eighth. Hap had a sack fly, uh, to, and then pretty much rallied after that to win it four to three. Um, Stroman pitched pretty well. I mean, six innings pitch, three earned runs, five hits with seven Ks. So you know Stroman is actually doing really well, especially after tonight against the Phillies. I'll get into that in a bit, but you know he's been he's been a lot better since the break. Uh, so that kind of gives me a little bit more confidence in him. You know, going into next season. Um, and then, you know, starting against the Pirates, the, 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 the series against the Pirates, Hayden Wisniewski, his second ever major league start went six and a third, two runs, runs, five hits, six Ks, and even added an immaculate fifth inning, uh, to his resume. And then, you know, the Cubs ended up winning, beating the Pirates three to two. Uh, so yeah, that's the first, uh, that's the first immaculate inning by a Cubs pitcher since 2004. Who was that in 2004? LaTroy Hawkins. Like that's a name that... Well, I'm familiar with, but goddamn, that is way too fucking long ago. So, you know, awesome, awesome to see. You know, uh, one of the pickups, one of the mid-season trade acquisitions. You know, doing doing really well so far. And again, another another I guess thing to kind of keep me uh, happy going into next year with the starting rotation. Uh, then the Cubs went on to win their fourth in a row, game two against the Pirates, bringing them six to five. Esteban Quiros, you know, this guy had a, had a go-ahead single in the eighth to get the Cubs to win. And then Patrick Wisdom, doing Patrick Wisdom things, hitting home runs, number 24 for the year in this game. Uh, and then game three, they get absolutely smoked by the Pirates, 6-0. to zero. Um, uh, But they come back in game four, win 8-3. to three. Patrick Wisdom hit number 25. And Adrian Sampson, another guy who kind of like – He's been through some shit this year. He was on waivers twice. He was, I, I think, designated for assignment at one point, both by the Cubs and uh, the Mariners. And here he is, you know, went six innings, pitched an earned run and three Ks. And with in five starts with the Cubs, he's 2-1 with a 1.55 ERA. So, you know, cool cool little things happening for the Cubs. Just things to look for, really, in, in more individually-wise. And then um, Wisdom hitting his 25th home run has joined Ron Santo, Aramis Ramirez, and Chris Bryant as uh, the fourth third baseman to hit 25 homers in multiple seasons. You could tell I'm just pulling shit to try to like make me happy about this year about the Cubs. So I'm just I'm just pulling out all the stops right now. Um, so you know they they won both series and then they 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 took on Philly tonight. Philly by by the way struggling. I listened to uh, one of the ep- the last uh, was it this week or the last week where you guys mentioned the Phillies on three up three down. I think it was one of these weeks, right? Yeah, it was last week's episode. Last week's episode. Okay, yeah, it was last week. They're struggling, man. And I mean, you could tell the Cubs came and and beat them two to one behind the strong Stroman start and the Morel homer. So they got two more against the Phillies. Um, and then they've got three, technically six more against the Reds, three at home and then three at Cincy. And they kind of, they kind of end the season there. They kind of, hopefully it's six straight wins against the Philly uh, or against the, uh, the Reds, but yeah. 
Hopefully it's nine straight wins, to be honest. If we ended on a nine-game win streak, whew, that'd be great. That'd be fucking great. Good momentum heading into next year. I mean, yeah. And really, you know, that that's one of the things we're kind of looking for because, you know, looking ahead to the Cubs next year, one of the things I've already heard is people in Minnesota are already expecting Carlos Correa to sign with the Cubs. Um, so, that, you know, there's one thing. And we've ta- I think we've talked about it before, too, like, who would I rather have, Correa, Trey Turner, all these other guys? And one of the questions I have, like, if Correa were to sign, and th- these are just like people like bullshitting on podcasts, and you know they're they're writing blogs about it. This isn't nothing that's been like, hey, a source has confirmed that blah blah blah. This Correa is not going to opt out, but I'm, more, you know, I think the the feeling around the league is that he's going to opt out of his contract with with, with the Twins. Um, and you know, Horner, that kind of you know question that question is like well what's Horner gonna have what's Horner gonna do next year and I like Nico I like his his defense you know he's got he's got some pop to the bat he's more of a contact hitter obviously right he's not a home run hitter um he's been with the Cubs you know it's two three years now but you know when you're talking big names you you gotta you gotta go with a Correa you gotta go with a Trey Turner at shortstop so or I think Trey Turner is a second baseman or is he a shortstop Shortstop, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a shortstop as well. Because like he's also, the- he's also said he uh, is looking to go back. He's from the East Coast, uh, mm-hmm. from Florida actually, but he's looking to play on the East Coast. We'll see it oh, at least okay. East, more East than uh, than California. West. So we'll, well, no, more East than West than California. So oh, okay. uh, we'll see. Maybe that could include Chicago. Um, yeah. Either side, maybe maybe the White Sox take a swoop at him. I, I would hope, but never would happen. But uh, <laughs> you would expect the Cubs to go after a big name this off season, yeah. Um, and especially if they do end up losing, you know, Willie um, mm-hmm. or Wilson, I should say. Yeah, Willie. Willie, do you guys mm-hmm. know Willie? Yeah. Um, so you know, if you watch one star come out the door, it would be nice to give the fans another one, especially a guy as young as Correa or as talented as mm-hmm. Turner. Uh, both mm-hmm. guys still in their twenties. I think Turner is twenty nine, but Correa I think is at least two more years. Is he twenty eight? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you got some more talent with those guys. Definitely mm-hmm. some position player uh, positions, but we'll see what happens with uh, Wilson come free agency. You know that, that should be an interesting mm-hmm. one. Do you do you think that's kind of his final days as a Cub? Do you think uh, you think we could see him in a different uniform here shortly? Mm-hmm. I, who knows. It, and that, yeah, that's one of the other things to kind of look ahead to, right? Because the the feeling too, I think, around the Cubs and really around the league too, is that he is going to reject that qualifying offer by the Cubs. Um, he's going to get a, he's going to want a bigger contract, more money, you know, more years, whatever. And can the Cubs do that? I don't know. Um, unless they think PJ Higgins is the answer at catcher, you know, he's, he's had some good, he's had some good games. Um, he's got some potential for sure, but you know, catchers are really good. Catchers are hard to come by, and Wilson is a really good catcher. Um, he produces offensively. I mean, he's he's not great this year, but he was he has been riddled with some injuries here and there. Um, but yeah, with Wilson, man, I I don't know. I, I I would hope I would like for them to to extend Wilson, especially with the fact that they couldn't trade him uh, during the trade deadline or get anything back for him. Um, that's just the way. That's just the way it went down. Um, 
Jed didn't wasn't able. He said there weren't an, the the right move wasn't there, and also catchers are hard to kind of like get into the mix for a playoff team with with starting pitchers. Although I think we're all they're all professionals, so I don't think it's the, the most impossible thing in the world. Um, but yeah, you know, PJ is PJ Higgins the answer? Is there someone in the farm system that looks good? Is there a possible free agent? Uh, in you know next you know this this upcoming off season that looks even better even though Wilson Contreras is going to be the best catcher on the market, um, and so so that that to me is like I I'm positive he's going to play for another team. Um, just he's got a bad taste in the mouth from the Cubs from Jed. Jed doesn't want apparently doesn't want to pay his players. He probably it, it's a rebuild. It's it's a straight up rebuild, um, and you know. I, I, I don't know. I just think he plays for another team. He's going to have an entire offseason, get his money, and then just retire with whatever team he, he, he signs with. I don't think he plays for – I think he plays for another five solid years. I think a good contract would be three to four or five years. Um, and I think that's the max, you know. I, I just he's, – he's not a Molina. <laughs> he's not going to play forever. I don't think he's going to play well into his late 30s. But, you know, he's a solid bat. He's, he's, a, he's a good defensive catcher, so – We'll see. I, I don't expect well, them to be back with the Cubs, but I didn't expect them to be to with the Cubs. To bring up your point of, of trade kind of, deadline, so. What's that? To bring up your point of kind of aging out, you're seeing that with uh, Yasmani Grandal right now as a guy who's, who's only played catcher throughout his MLB career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're seeing a rapid decline in his performance. So, you know, yeah. you've got a point. We'll see how much longer Wilson is able to go. Um, we'll see if that's in Chicago or somewhere else. You know, that's uh, the big league Chicago boys are officially looking forward to free agency. <laughs> what else is there to look forward to, right? So, and you you make a great point. The decline was hard. It, it is it is a steep decline. Uh, you know, when when you get past like a certain age or a certain amount of games, a certain amount of years in the league, and like I said, he's been with the Cubs for a really long time. He's been catching for a really long time, so. I can only imagine the wear and tear he's got on his body, right? So, um, but another kind of positive thing to look forward to is not really positive, but Frank the Tank, you know, obviously got got released by the Cubs, but that leaves a big hole at first base. Um, <clears throat> not a huge hole. It's not like Frank the Tank was amazing. He was great for a couple months last season and very on and off this year. But one guy they're looking at is in Iowa right now, Matt Mervis. He's been putting up really good numbers in the minors, all throughout the minors, actually, like single A, double A, now triple A, batting at 297, 387, 595 with 14 homers. So this guy can hit and has been hitting consistently for the last couple of years. And, you know, they're basically looking for the next uh, Rizzo. And can he be the guy? Probably, hopefully, you know, hopefully we have our first baseman in triple A. Um, that we could bring up and can be that 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 rock that you know that that just person at first base for the Cubs in a young team that's rebuilding that, like I said, with a star with a with a with a big name. Hopefully after this offseason. Rick needs a savior after Rizzo <laughs> left and resigned with uh, the Yanks. Uh, Rick needs his his replacement at first base. Maybe this guy's going to be it. We'll see. We'll have to. Uh, I, uh, watch out! Yeah. It is impressive stuff. It is. I need. I need. I need somebody. All of us Cubs fans need somebody to come in. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of sad because like, you know, we're getting towards the end of the season. 
neither of the Chicago teams are going to be in playoff baseball, which playoff baseball is exciting as fuck. I'm going to be watching a lot of it. You know, is is I didn't watch too too much of the Cubs season other than you know the first couple weeks, especially after the you know the whole the whole uh, uh, baseball season basically being being backed up a month or whatever. So baseball season is exciting, and none of the Chicago teams are going to be in it, dude. So. Like you said, looking forward to free agency. It does. It does. It's <laughs> both teams need to spend money in the off season. Cheapstorf, maybe will. I don't know. I don't know how how likely that is. I'm not putting my cards in it, but we'll see. We'll have to see. <laughs> we will definitely have to see. Uh, but yeah, yeah, some good with some bad. A lot of holes to fill for both teams this coming off season. So. We will keep you guys updated for manager watch, big name free agency sign up watch, and you know you want to hear <clears throat> two White Sox fans just just absolutely pour their hearts out and their emotions out about this Sox season. Go over to three up, three down. And listen to the latest episode <laughs> because that was a collective. It was icy combined for the icy boys. this week? Yep. Yeah, it was, it was the collective one. Yep. <laughs> uh, and and that's you-, you know that will be. That will be the last mm-hmm. time we talk about the White Sox. I'm three up, three down at least. <laughs> There's no other the reason the to. World Series. Unless something big happens. So we had to get it out. We had to get it out, and, and yep. we thankfully did. And uh, <laughs> we'll be better for that. Uh, we're better for that. <laughs> I love it. I love the commitment. I love the commitment. I've got something for you. All right, let's move on now to Bears Breakdown. Week three brought I don't know I don't know what the hell to call it it, it was it, lovey was back <laughs> this week the Bears won they beat the Texans 23-20 but that game was it was mind-boggling how the offense worked because I felt like I was transported back to the fucking 1985 or something <laughs> like that the amount of times, like, the running game was outstanding. The offensive line in the run game is outstanding. The passing game is nowhere to be found. Justin Fields looks <laughs> just, just, just Awful. shit. He looks like absolute garbage. He just, he, he does, and I, I don't know. I, like I said, I was transported back to 1985 or 2006, whichever one you want to go with, because the running game was good and the defense had a pick. When they needed it most, they they had a turnover when they needed it most. What did what, what were your thoughts of this game? Again, it was like came down really to the wire, but they ended up with a win. They're two and one, a really unconvincing two and one. But I don't know. What did you think? I, I unfortunately missed most of the first half. Was able to catch the third uh, quarter and, and see Fields' second half interception. <laughs> Seemed to be a similar story. If if the receiver was uh, if the receiver was there, uh, even though there was coverage, I'm still going to try and force the throw there. Even though I've got a guy on the other side of the field that's wide open, so it's a (laughs) similar story. He's just not seeing the field. He's not seeing his receivers. Um, It Mm -hmm. is a bit of a red flag. Yes, it's his week three in a in a new offense. So, like, what can you judge from it? What can you say? I mean after the debacle of last year, as we kind of reiterated leading up to this season, um, this is rookie year 2.0 for Fields. Um, yeah. So, like, do you give him three years from here? 
Um, you got to think about it with you know these rookie deals in terms of a four, fourth year option, fifth year option, stuff like that. Fifth year option. Um, mm-hmm. So you know we're in year two. Uh, I, I we need to see some progression because it really doesn't seem like we have at least in terms of his performance. And yes, like I said, week three of a new offense, a new system, a new coaching staff, a new everything. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. We finally saw you know the ball thrown to Mooney as he kind of yep. racked in his first few yards um, on the post-game radio show as I was listening to the fourth quarter um, and end of the game, he kind of hopped on. and He was he was a complete team player, but he, he was frank. He, he was pissed with himself. He said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I dropped a few balls. And, and as people on Twitter and, and pictures kind of circulated throughout the media, you saw Darnell stayed late and, and worked on the ball machine um, mm-hmm. at, at Soldier Field after the game in, in uniform and in helmet and worked on his – his catching so so Mooney notes he needs to be better, but it was nice to see him finally involved. Unfortunately, uh, with that running game being so great, it did see David Montgomery leave the game in the first quarter. Like I said, I didn't see it, so I, I, hopefully you'll have a little bit more insight if of if you saw what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does sound like it's a day to day injury. So thankfully, um, the Bears kind of escaped one on that one. But you do love to see what you're seeing from yep. this boy Khalil Harbert. Like we lose one Khalil and we gain. Um, you know, obviously we we had both Khalil's last year, but it seems like Khalil stepping up <laughs> to be the number mm-hmm. one Khalil, and, and that's going to be Khalil Herbert <laughs> because he was absolutely fantastic for the Bears uh, on Sunday. Yeah, man, he did he did great things. Um, Montgomery, I think, it went it got out in the like the eighth player, fifth player, something like that of the first quarter. Uh, he had like some sort of leg injury, I think. I think Eberflus said that the, the news was good after they kind of you know examined him and whatnot, and he's day to day. So I think we look towards Khalil uh, for Week Four um, against the Giants. And yeah, man, like you said, with Fields, he went eight for seventeen, 106 yards, two interceptions, QBR nineteen point two, and he goes, "I played like trash." <laughs> really got to be better. And and I like you said, man, we need to see some progression from him. Uh, rookie year 2.0, sure. We can we can talk about it's a new offensive scheme. We can talk about the 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 weapons aren't there, but I think with Mooney and with Kemet coming into your coming into the season as your main weapons and barely getting involved, barely getting Kemet involved in game in, in game three, and really kind of just overlooking Mooney in the first couple weeks. I look at like Tua in Miami and what Mike McDaniel's has been able. Mike McDaniel's, I forget what his what his first name is, but McDaniel's, whatever, has been able to do with that. Dude, they're three and zero, and he's he had six touchdowns. Like, it's ridiculous what he did, uh, what he's doing against these teams, and this is a brand new system, brand new guys coming together for the for the team. You know, obviously with a Tyreek Hill, you're going to be doing really well, but and. and Adding in the Waddle, you know how he's kind of flourished as a wide receiver. You you know, you can look at that too. But Mooney, <laughs> but but Mooney's a thousand yard receiver. Komet's a big bodied tight end, and sure, you don't really have anyone outside of that. You know, Pettis and you know St. Brown are are, are, are decent. You know, back uh, wide receiver wide receiver threes and four maybe, but. Like you said, there needs to be more progression we see from Fields because he just looks lost most of the time. And a part of it, too, is the line. We do have to credit the line with being terrible pass protectors. They are bad. And also, on the other side of that, 
uh, Fields holds on to the ball for a really, really long time. Um, look at you, you know, you look at someone like Brady who gets the ball out probably the fastest of any quarterback in the history of the game, and he's he's what almost forty five or something like that, and he's still in the league. You get you gotta you gotta learn from that from that consistency from a guy like that who gets the ball out in probably like two seconds because he knows the longer he holds on to it, the more opportunity these defensive guys have to sack him. And so I don't know if Justin Fields is on that, if his internal clock, whatever, is is, is wrong. But like I said, there needs to be more more progression from him, and he needs to kind of gauge when to get rid of the ball, who's open. Don't always go down at the check down. Don't always go to your first option for the play that the play is, you know, you know schemed for whatever. You got to be able to make those plays because it one. I think St. Brown was one guy that was all the way down the field, and then this. I think this past game against the Texans, it was Mooney, if I'm not mistaken, or Pettis. I forget which one it was. Or I think Komet was wide open on on one and is like could have gotten a first down, could have gotten a lot of yardage, and instead he just checks it down or goes to his first option, gets an interception, doesn't gets an incompletion, whatever. Um, so that's kind of my rant on Justin Fields, but you know, the more positive side. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's warranted. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's not much to say. He's the first one to admit it. You know, he played like trash, but I just there's got to be a little bit more. Um, but on the other side, you know, what what did work first is the Texans, the running game. Khalil Herbert comes in for Dave Montgomery, goes what he what he rushed 20 times for 157 yards, two touchdowns with a long of 52 yards. I mean, the the O line is great for for the rush, terrible for the pass. But Khalil Herbert, like you said, is just did really, really good things, and I, I'm, I'm sure I've heard, I'm sure we, we both talked about this before. Apparently, he's the better fit for the Mike Getzey offense too. So, yeah, he, he did great. It's just tough to kind of look at the team as a whole, you know, and just be happy with this win. Um, because I mean, Komet first, first catch of the year for him. Uh, Roquan did really well. He, he had a really good game. Uh, sealed the win basically with an interception. Eddie Jackson is starting to look like his old self with an interception in the uh, in the end zone when the when the Texans were in the red zone. Cairo Santos, you know, had those early struggles in the first game and made a thirty yarder to win the game. Um, and they handed Lovey Smith, you know, that 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 loss. So um, that that was kind of the game. You know, Bears currently sit at number twenty five in the power rankings. So better than 32nd as they had him coming in. And it's just the, the NFL this year is very surprising, although I'm kind of liking the turnover of power. You got, I think you have Miami and Buffalo at one and two. I love seeing that. Um, but as far as the bears, you know, that's kind of what, what I have for the offense. I don't know if you wanted to add anything else, but it's kind of what I had for him. But no, I, I think you hit, I think you hit it on the head. Uh, the offense was, was good on some ends in terms of the running game. Got to see improvements from Fields. Hopefully he can be better. Hopefully he can be this quarterback we're expecting. But uh, like I said, red flags. Like you said, red flags. Um, red flags. Red flags. Yeah. So as far as the injury report after uh, week three, Byron Pringle injured his calf, won't be available. He's actually placed on the IR. So they brought up Joe Thomas, linebacker, from the practice squad. So he'll be there. Jalen Johnson is questionable after missing this week. And then Velas Jones Jr. is also questionable. Uh, I, I want to see some Velas Jones Jr. soon, man. But, he, you know, he's injured right now. I would love to see him 
see what he brings to this, this offense. Yep, the coaches sure. had positive things had positive things to say about I think his recovery. I don't know if that mm-hmm. means he will play this week, uh, but hopefully, hopefully we will see the uh, Tennessee wideout here soon. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm hoping so because. The Spears offense needs something. They need something to, to bring this offense to life. Again, 2-1 and one, heading into week four, and they've got a Giants team who, I don't know, they, they seem they seem pretty similar on paper, at least what I've seen. Um, both 2-1. and one, They just lost to the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Um these two teams are, like I said, they're pretty. They're pretty much the same outside of the passing game. Obviously, they have more passing yards than the Bears do in three games, so their average is like probably like forty, fifty yards higher, uh, something like that. Um, but as far as like prediction wise, I think I'm taking the Bears to win in New York. I think uh, the defense for the Bears is is really, really good. Actually, um, it's getting better. It's definitely getting better. As far as a whole, you know, they, they, they held the, what, the fucking San Francisco 49ers to 10 points, 20 points for the Texans, but Texans are also kind of a scrappy team. They just had some shit luck with their offense, too. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think, the, I think the defense is a little bit better. Obviously, Roquan Smith is a beast. Eddie Jackson's looking a little bit better. The secondary is still pretty good. Kyler Gordon's still going to be a guy they target um, consistently throughout this offseason because he's a rookie. He's talented, but he's a rookie, so he's still... You know, getting used to being in the NFL, but um, I'm thinking the Bears going to New York as the underdogs take the win. 24 to 20 is my 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 score uh, prediction. Fields rushes for a touchdown, throws throws one to to ESB, and then Herbert rushes for a touchdown, and Santos makes a 40 yard field goal. And uh, on the defensive side, Jackson gets his third pick. Roquan, another 12-plus tackle performance. And Quinn gets a sack and a half on Danny Dimes. Bears win 24-20. What, what, what do you got for uh, week four against the Giants? <laughs> Pressure's on. Pressure's on. Uh, Going in. Uh, I've got some buddies who are from New York. From New York, and they were calling out Bears today. They said it's going to be an easy win. Uh, I'm worried oh about God. them playing at MetLife, to be completely honest, as as yeah. Odell Beckham called out the field as the Giants did lose. Uh, I was generally Shepard to a season-ending knee injury. Uh, you got to oh be a little worried about that turf, but um, we'll see. I think it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring. I like a little 17-14 to 14 score. Mm, um, okay. And I, could, I guess I could see the Bears winning this game. Uh, so I... <laughs> oh no! You know, There's no, the doubt. I, I, There's I, the I, doubt. I think I think seventeen fourteen Giants. Honestly, oh man, I'm sorry 17, to do it. Fourteen Giants. Yeah, I mean they're they're New York, dude. I, I I get it, but I'm hoping the Bears can kind of come in and just you know eke another fucking win out. But we'll see. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> hit the under. I don't know what the over under is on the game, but hit the under is what I'm saying. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see the uh, the the. Yeah, what the under or whatever was either. So, I I just I don't know how many more wins the Bears have in them, man. Especially with this offense, I just I don't know. I don't know. The defense is bailing them out. Hey, they're scraping by. They're scraping by. They really are. And against well, they've been, you know, the defense has bailed this team out since creation. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like I said, I got I got transported back to 1985 with this fucking game. I was just like, wow, the rushing is amazing. 
and the defense is doing really well, and the passing is just garbage. So um, you could tell I'm pretty mad. Uh, I didn't. I, I I couldn't even do like the what I usually do on on the Crack One Media Instagram page. I just couldn't even do a breakdown of the quarters because I was just that like on edge about what the fuck was going on with the offense. So sorry, I'll bring that back this week <laughs> against the Giants. Hopefully, um, but yeah, man. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll see what happens this week against the Giants. I'm hoping they win. I'm hoping they can get it. I always hope for a Bears win. You know me. I always hope for always, a Bears. Always, always. Always, always, always. Always. All right. So now let's move on to Hawks talk. We got some we got some uh, preseason hockey finally coming back. Jack, take it away with the Hawks. What's going on? Yeah. It, it's it's funny enough. Uh, it feels like a minute. Um Mm-hmm. After after wondering if Patrick Kane would be on this team uh, come preseason, he's here, he's there, uh, <laughs> he's still in Chicago. The team uh, kicked off their preseason tonight with a loss, 4-1 to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Cole Gutman, former Denver pioneer, would get the lone Chicago goal. Uh, exciting enough, Blackhawks first-rounder Kevin Korczynski made his preseason debut um, I believe he was paired up with Connor Murphy and then rookie defenseman as well, nice. Ethan Del Mastro, who was drafted a few years ago, also made his preseason debut, I think paired up with Caleb Jones. Um, the lines looked like this. Taylor Johnson on the left with Taze in the middle and Taylor Radish. Um, Anthony Siu on the left with Max Domi and Patrick Kane. Robinson, Gutman, and Blackwell. Savoy, Slavin, and Tepley. And then on defense, it was Vlasic with Seth Jones, Krasinski with Murphy, Del Mastro with Caleb Jones, Peter Mrazek behind the pipes for the Chicago as they fielded their Mrazek Stalic pair that looks to be the goalie pair for the season um, tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mrazek getting the start, you know, as as we talked about kind of last season and, and a little bit with, throughout the off season. Uh, there's not much you can expect of this team. The expectation is that. Jonathan Taze potentially could be on a different team. It is yeah. well more than likely that um, Patrick Kane will be on a different team. So we'll see what happens with uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, I, not a great start at, at home. Um, I do think they travel on Wednesday, I believe tomorrow, to Detroit for a game with Detroit. So their preseason schedule is ramping up. Uh, for any fans that want to check out any of their access, I think they do allow fans to go to training camp at Fifth Third Arena um, on Jackson mm-hmm. and Ogden. So go check it out. Otherwise, um, tune in to, I think, NBC Sports. As, as you saw, um, Chris Vassar, Vossers make his debut in the um, oh, play-by-play yeah, play booth right. for uh, replacing the, the famous Pat Foley. So that was interesting to, to kind of hear for a little bit, but... Uh, we'll see. Patrick Kane looks like he's in midseason form. Um, Taze looks like he needs some work. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a little bit more of a prospect watching year, like we've talked about. We'll see what the Kyle Davidson has in store for this team. We'll see what uh, if they do end up trading these guys, like we talked about. We'll see what those they're able to recoup. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's short and it's sweet, but it, or I guess it's short, maybe not necessarily sweet, but. Um, <laughs> It's short. It's Blackhawks talk, and um, yeah, preseason, you know, right? Preseason. It's, it's kind of the way the way she goes right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Nothing too too excited to get um, anything. Any of the blood pumping. 
Well, there was, and there was that, that like, I think article about Kane talking, saying saying that all the rumors and stuff about him leaving or whatever weren't true. It was just more bullshit talk. But so is it? I guess kind of to reiterate what you were saying is the expectation for him to still be gone by the trade deadline. Him and Taze. I I think if he, if he is on this, the roster come day after the trade deadline, it, it sets this team back years. You know, I think they're yeah. looking forward to uh, what, what unfortunately, they can recruit because they need prospects. They need to build up their talent pool. They need to build in within. Um, and, and I know they're hopeful for one of these top three picks in this, this draft as it looks a lot more promising as, as three of these guys could be potential um, NHL superstars. So I, I think mm-hmm. they're looking to build within um, and not trade throughout so and sign throughout so I think um, you'd have to expect that Kane would at least be moved come come trade deadline mm-hmm. Taze it's a different story uh, he has been a little bit more outspoken about leaving Chicago than Kane so uh, we'll see we'll see what happens here yeah. both free agents at the end of the year um, two guys you would never expect but 34 years old um, and I think in their 16th season as Blackhawks at this point uh, crazy enough to think but also, could could be seeing them in a different uniform here shortly. Let's let's just say, just for the sake of saying, the Blackhawks are going into the trade deadline. Maybe like a week before the trade deadline, seven to ten games above five hundred. They're playing good hockey. What what do you think happens? And what do you, what what do you what would you do? You know they're 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 atop the they're atop their 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 division, and they're seven to ten games above five hundred. What, what what do you think the move is there? And Kane and Taze aren't aren't really talking I, I, trades. I'm they're not talking about leaving. If. They're uh, just talking hockey. I still, you know, I I, I still, <laughs> I still don't see it. To be completely yeah. honest, um, yeah. Crazy as, as enough as it would be to say, I still think you feel the offers uh, and listen. Mm-hmm. Anyone would have to at least to hear what the return would be. But uh, uh, if that was the case, you'd expect them to hold on to at least those superstars, and, and it would be a travesty because it would set the team back. But uh, yeah, um, keep the fans happy at least in the short term. And again, like I said, I'm happy. That's a what if. I'm really happy. It's a what if. <laughs> I was going to say, it'd be reminiscent of, like, the Cubs a couple years ago being so good going into the trade deadline and then just getting rid of fucking everybody. It'd be like, no, why would you fucking do that? Yep. Uh, and that's but, that's what I would call for. I, I honestly think yeah. that would be the best move, uh, but people wouldn't be able to understand that. Like, if people were so angry when the Cubs did it, uh, I think it would be, it would be, uh, it'd be pretty, pretty – that would be – yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love I, I love bring I love bringing these what ifs into it. I, I just because it's just it's one of those things that you hope happens and that you hope it turns out to be, you know, kind of their last stand or their last hurrah with the team. You know, they go into the playoffs. They, they just it's a good team. The chemistry's there. The rookies are doing their their things. You know, the Joneses are doing their thing. Um, so just a good what if I think it's just something to kind of keep Jack happy about this season it's like ooh what if what if though <laughs> yeah well, what if what if we'll see yeah. big what if 
right, let's move on to C Red segment. We got some uh, not great news, but Jack, what's going on with Lonzo here? Yeah, it, it was circulated after Lonzo did a video call interview um, that life's been tough. You know, it, it's he's approaching his third <laughs> surgery on this knee. Um, he hasn't played yeah. since what January of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all reminiscent of what what happened, unfortunately, with Derrick Rose during his time. Uh, I think, as Lonzo was quoted, it's painful to walk. It's painful to walk upstairs. Uh, he would say, you know, some days he'd feel good. Some days uh, during warmups he'd be okay. And then when he tried to really do any basketball moves, it just it wouldn't. And um, mm-hmm. he does feel at this point, with that being the third surgery, that he needs to take the time that it's going to be to require to come back healthy. I think Levine was quoted saying, you know, you are starting point guard. You know, we need you. Um, yeah. So it's something the Bulls need. And, um, you know, yes, bringing in Grog and Dra- uh, Dragic. What's his name? Dragic, yeah. I think I said that right. Gorgon. Dragic, Gorgon. Yeah. Gorgon. D- uh, yeah. so- Gorgon Dragic. Dragic, yeah. Something like that. Uh, you know, you can't expect them to be this team's starting point guard, at least be successful. Yeah. Uh, and as Kevin, per- or, yeah, Kevin Perkins uh, said on ESPN Today, he's got this team mm-hmm. struggling and maybe playing in the, a play-in team right now because of what, what oh, this wow. roster's construction is. And, and you have to beg the question, did, uh, did they do enough by bringing in really just Andre Drummond? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. You need to expect a huge climb from um, uh, Io. DeSumo. Um, yep. And who knows? You know, you still kind of have that question mark with Kobe White. Was he going to be moved? Is he still going to be around? He's going to be more involved. You're going to need his three-point shot. Um, definitely. Definitely. I don't know. You're going to need a lot of performances. You're going to rely on Zach and and DeMar heavily. Um, it's unfortunate to hear that Lonzo's been going through what he has. Hopefully he's staying positive and, and able to get back on the court this year. But they, they do look like they'll reevaluate in four to six weeks and, and see where he is from there. Um, and kind of take this one day at a time. I do know that uh, as this has all been going around, I think uh, as we brought his name up, number one, Derek Rose, I think he's still a free agent. So maybe you bring him into the mix on a, on a PTM yeah. or a, a one-year deal and, and see what he could do for this, this roster as, as you look to search for a starting, quarter, uh, starting point guard. Yeah, man, and it just sucks for Lonzo. You know, he's, he's, he's literally he, – he, he, was quoted saying, literally, I can't run. I can't run or jump. There's a range from like 30 to 60 degrees where my knee is bent that I have like no force and I can't catch myself. And until I can do all those things, he can't play. And and you you look back to last year, those few games that you had Lonzo on the court, his vision, his his able to, to basically be the floor general was amazing because those games in which it was him, DeRozan, Levine, Nico, and then you had, uh, oh my God, why am I think Caruso, all on the court, or at least played in the game. They won those games. They won a lot of those games. They were they were well above five hundred in, in in the games that they all played together. So to have a loss like this, you know, for another four to six weeks, I believe is the timetable for him um, after this surgery. It sucks because Bulls basketball was exciting for the first time in a really really long time. And he was a part of that. He was 100% a part of that until, you know, he went down with his knee injuries. So, Goran Dragic, Drummond, sure, like these guys are these guys are played out. These guys are veterans who are not going to 
are, are like Perkins said, they're not going to be the answer for for the Bulls, or you know, unless we have a big step up from Io, um, and DeRozan plays like he did last year, or even Zach Levine steps it up, uh, you know, a, a level further, um, and really becomes the guy that they signed him to be, um, especially in the playoffs. Now that he has experience, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a tough season to watch. Hopefully, with you know Caruso and he can kind of liven things up, be the guy that he, he was, you know, fucking guarding Giannis at one point during the Buck series, uh, being that guy who can kind of bring that energy into it. And DeRozan, like I said, has to play, has to play as well as last year um, in order for this for this season to even be, like, worth watching, I think. Um, so, yeah, it sucks with Lonzo, but, you know, we got to kind of move forward from this and, Again, we got to see what what this season brings, and hopefully, like you said, Io takes a big step, and all these things kind of fall into place. Or maybe they bring in somebody else, Derrick Rose. That would be a great homecoming, but uh, the likelihood is probably pretty low. Um, and God forbid he fucking signs onto the team and then gets hurt the first game <laughs> that he plays in. That'd be fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well. Again, we're going to keep you guys updated on what's going on with, with C-Red segment. we got Hawks talk, hockey and basketball coming into play just as, you know, the Chicago b- baseball season is coming to a close. Um, we're really going to have only the Bears to really talk about as far as, like, games for, for a little while before hockey and basketball turn up. So that's going uh, to be some pretty not-so-long episodes. But right now we got a we got a full slate, so... Uh, yeah. All right. That was yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was C-Red's segment. Let's head into the four stars of the week, sponsored by Hopefully One Day Old Style. Old Style. Drink it. Just cuz. Fucking do it. Um, <laughs> Jack, you started last week. It's cheap, too. Oh, it's fucking cheap. It is definitely cheap. <laughs> so drink it. Old Style. Sponsor us. Um Jack, you started off last week with the four stars of the week. I'll start with my two, and then we'll end off with your two. My first star of the week goes to Roquan Smith. Talked about him a little bit earlier uh, during Barry's breakdown, but he had a great game, 16 total tackles, two tackles for loss, and really the game-sealing interception uh, to win the game, pretty much. Um, So Roquan Smith is my first star of the week. He is basically proving to everybody, hey, I deserve the money that I asked for. And, you know, unless he unless he gets, you know, the uh, the franchise tag on him next week, he's going to get paid. Yeah, exactly. He's going to get paid. So, Roquan Smith, my first star of the week. Uh, my second one, second star of the week, is going to be Marcus Stroman. Uh, after a really good uh, game against, I believe it was the Pirates or it was the Marlins. I forget which one it was, but I talked about it earlier. He had another really good performance tonight against the Phillies. Seven innings pitched, one earned run, six Ks versus the Phillies. And then there was an article not too long ago that that uh, was on NBC Chicago. He's like, "Hey man, I'm ready. I'm I'm down to recruit some players for you know this offseason for the for the Cubs. Uh, you know we talked about them trying to spend money this year. Hopefully they're down to spend some money because Stroman is down to recruit." That's exactly what we need. That's the type of energy we need in this Cubs clubhouse is fucking recruitment energy. Uh, so Marcus Stroman is going to be my second star of the week. What do you got? <laughs> I like I like the picks. I like the picks. I think uh, Darnell Moody ended that interview I was talking about on the radio with, with Pay the Man. 
Uh, so yeah. the, the man's due. You gotta gotta go pay Roquan. Uh, exactly. Pretty funny to think Marcus Stroman would be leading the <laughs> recruitment charge, but like you said, they do need to recruit. So good for the Cubbies. Remember, he, I do like the picks this love week. Wrigley now. Um, yeah, 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 sure. Moving on, <laughs> moving on. Uh, had to give this guy a shout-out before the season is over. It's Dylan Cease and uh, another strong performance against Detroit, going six innings, striking out five, allowing zero, lowering his ERA to 206. With a 14-7 record, he did not get a decision in this start as the Sox would lose. Uh, but I definitely wanted to give Dylan Cease a shout-out as the guy has been uh, this backbone and, and of this team and, and been simply phenomenal for the White Sox. So Dylan Cease is my first star. And then second star of the week, um, yeah. Khalil Herbert. As we mentioned on, on Bears Breakdown, 20 Let's carries, go. 157 yards, two TDs. Carried the load for David Montgomery when he was injured. Um, you have confidence in the fact that you've got a nice one-two punch with Montgomery and Herbert. As I talked about, the new Khalil of this Bears team. Uh, <laughs> loved what Khalil Herbert was able to do. Is able to catch the ball as well. He did only have two receptions for 12 yards. Um, given that fact, it's pretty good for Bears receivers with, with what's going on. Um, so Khalil Herbert uh, and Dylan Cease are my four stars this week. Love it. Love it. There's not... What else can you say about Khalil Herbert and Dylan Cease? You know, bring his ERA down to two point zero six. Definitely in should be in in the lead for fucking Cy Young this year. Um, unfortunately, he's on the Sox, so that's probably not going to go very well. Um, but yeah, Khalil Herbert, one hundred fifty seven yards to touchdowns. Like you said, it was just super impressive to have another shining star Khalil on the team. Um, all right, well, that was. Episode 51 from the boys at Big League Chicago. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it is at Crack One Media. You can look us up on YouTube, Crack One Media, to see this podcast as well as our other podcasts on there, as well as shorts. Uh, and just go subscribe to our YouTube. And if you want to check out this podcast and the blogs, as well as meet the team, go to crackonemedia.com. We're posting that stuff every day, so go check that out. And as far as Twitter, you can find me at and now Rick. Again, love live tweeting Bears games. You will see every emotion through tweet through tweets that you didn't you didn't think possible. So that's me on Twitter. Jack loves it too. Um, you can follow Jack at Siffyman on Twitter. And yeah, go follow us. Follow the pages. Subscribe to YouTube. Share us. Rate us on Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever you're listening to us on. And, uh, yeah, man, unless you got anything else, good episode. Yeah, I agree. Always a pleasure, and uh, talk to you soon. For sure, man. We're bringing more Hawks, more more Bulls, and uh, unfortunate Bears. But it is what it is. It's Chicago, I guess. <laughs> All right, man. See ya.
niggas quick to lose school and frown down on something new that they used to. Them all these little screw niggas, they lame. Fuck with them, I can't. Basic mounted and strange. Vision faded and plainer. Ex nigga, one really bit it was on some bitch shit. Wasn't a fan of your figure. And I only like the skinny women. Shit, I like my women plus size. No lie, that why I stress my on your butt thighs. That's fine by me. She cooks whenever I slide. Pasta burger, french fry. Sometimes I don't even eat. She fuck with my brushes, my fluffy. She sweats, she let me eye. Kiss on her tummy, my tummy XL and fit her perfect. Won't catch me lurking at all. My Richard once I spit all. Sense so proud and so tall. Those cheeks around of applause over and over and over again. So my homie and my parents, we were only just friends. At first, I couldn't let my secret out then. It's getting deeper now, but I don't care what others think about me. Came out of depression, had to pick up the penny. Guess skinny nigga, thick wallet, chubby chasing them Benjamins. Now I'm got all day to change the name, so we winning again. Sound possible. Hey, welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Like, nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose school and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. They're all these little screw niggas. They, niggas they.